0: So can we, I mean, I don't I don't want to get personal or creepy on the show, but can we briefly mention, so you went on do a we little do trip anything else? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to uh, Portland or PDX, as you like to call it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There for the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Already so, with a show title. There we go.
0: There we go. So uh, before the show, we were reviewing your driving times. So you, by my calculations here, have probably spent something like... Call it twenty twenty one hours in the car over the past week. Is that about right?
1: Yeah, but it's fine. It's it, it it's it's fairly relaxing, and then I think I did it the right way. By I visited uh, Oregon's only national park, Crater Lake, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, it looks like something that just has like a real life Instagram filter on it, but it is actually that beautiful. So yeah, it, it was it was nice, and didn't mind it. Was, it was a very relaxing trip where I did almost nothing because I just had to run away from the Bay Area for a bit.
0: So my question, though, for you is: in that twenty-two hours of driving, is that all podcasts? Is that a is that a mix of music and podcasts? If if it's mostly podcasts, like, do you line up some like series that you've been meaning to listen to?
1: So this is an interesting question. So uh, it, it it depends on mood. So eventually, like you, what's what's the longest drive you've taken recently? I know you took um your new pup uh, down to, was it Orange County or San Diego? I know you generally prefer to fly, but you did take one road trip where you got to test out the supercharger network and and, then take the dog down.
0: (laughs) The, uh, we had previously tested out the supercharger network. So the, the objective of that trip was, yeah, to take Branson down to visit my family in, uh, Irvine and in San Diego. So that's, so
1: that's 10, that's seven and a half and then another two and a half
0: um yeah or if you decide to go the day after christmas and hit unbelievable <laughs> traffic it's something like you know 12 hours to irvine and then another couple to san diego but who's keeping track
1: yeah uh what were we talking about oh yeah so uh, it, it depends on the mood so eventually like you'll get so i will like inside pocket Casts, i have a thing called unplayed a list Or just like my favorite shows automatically, like any unplayed episodes go there. Like I have maybe like 40 to 50 podcast subscriptions. Not all of them are like daily or weekly shows, but I will just have kind of that that top tier uh, smart playlist. And then generally for longer road trips, I will just go through for shows that I want to catch up on or maybe stuff that has a huge back catalog that I um, have only listened to the recent ones. I'll, I'll just star a bunch of those and then just work through those. So I've been really into uh, Gimlet uh, podcasting that, um, what's it called, Gimlet Media that was purchased by Spotify has a show that's been on for a few years called Reply All, which I kind of uh, fell out of love with for a little bit. It's actually really, really good. So I caught up on a ton of those.
0: And so was it all podcast listening? Any any music mixed in there?
1: Eh, it's probably about um, 60, 30, 10. What's the 10? Oh, just quiet. Oh, okay. Yeah, sometimes I don't know, it's it's relaxing. I I've I have a nice quiet car and it's you know, it's pretty good. Hmm. Uh yes, yeah, so that 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 was uh wise to try to curate a bunch of playlists. And I and I got to work through a whole bunch and that that's that's always nice. And if you and if you break it up when you are uh, you're strategic about it and you pull into like a Starbucks every every few hours, it's 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 not bad.
0: If you get an E V, you can stop and charge
1: for a while. So I have a couple of notes, but we're actually going to talk about that. You know how the thing in Oregon—you—and this actually would have been a better intro. But in Oregon, you're not allowed to pump your own gas.
0: Yeah. So we, so you and I went up there last year, and we—well, but
1: that 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 flew up. We what? Well, like we didn't drive there; we flew up.
0: We did, but I'm saying, like, when we were there, we didn't go on any kind of like long car trips or anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I was never in a car that needed gas so i i did not see this firsthand is what i'm saying but i've but i've heard that this is a thing but i guess you experienced this
1: yeah so you are yeah it it is illegal in portland there was an uh, or in oregon and there was an update where i think it's if like the town has less than 500 people you're allowed to pump your own gas or something and then everybody in oregon freaked out and there's a whole bunch of npr stories on it but anyway yeah there needs to be a gas station attendant and you are not allowed to pump your own gas which is interesting but also Oregon doesn't have the, um, the the very high gas taxes that California does. So it's, it's, it's um, alarmingly cheaper there by like 50 cents a gallon.
0: So then, but then do you tip this person who pumps your gas? Don't,
1: don't, oh, don't get me started on tipping culture. I have no idea. And that's why I don't know. I did not. And I, that's why yeah. I actually somehow like, cause it was just a nice day. And I was like, oh yeah, Portland and Vancouver, Washington are only five miles apart. I'll go there. And I was like, oh, and then now I can pump my own gas. And that avoided having to do that awkward dance another time.
0: That's the part that would stress me out, is whether or not I'd have to tip.
1: So the the point about the pumping gas thing is, I think uh, for competitive fairness for uh, internal combustion engine cars and EVs, you should be at at a supercharger network, you should be forced to have to have somebody insert the charging plug. I think that's only fair.
0: You know, Tesla was working on something for a while, which I think they've since scrapped, where... It was a cable that would actually just plug itself into your car.
1: Oh, it's like when the space shuttle refuels.
0: Yeah. And now there's one of the other national charging networks. I forget which one it is. They're also working on something kind of similar, which is which is kind of cool.
1: Because you can't get out of your car because you're too busy uh, watching Netflix or playing games. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, and the last thing about... Uh yeah about this is that i went to taco bell for the first time in 15 years and that was an unsettling experience as well so what'd you get i had to look it up because it was very upsetting because and the only reason i did this is because uh in rural oregon uh taco bell is the only thing open at 11 o'clock at night on a weeknight so i ended up getting the uh let me get the branding right the chalupa cravings box
0: oh boy uh-huh i'm gonna i'm gonna try to if I, if I search this, do you think that's a safe search or
1: I, I think you might have to turn safe search off or, or you might want to do an incognito window and then open up uh duck duck go so that that Google doesn't judge you. <laughs> uh, so I, I sent you a link to this because I had, I had to look it up because oddly Taco Bell and we've covered it in the past um, is a very internet forward company. So they actually have a very good, maybe them and Mac Weldon share the same product, uh, web page designer, who knows. Yeah, so I just chose something at random because the it was it was drive through only at eleven o'clock at night. So yeah, the Chalupa Cravings box, but apparently there's a variable calorie intake. I don't know what that means. Does that mean you don't eat everything that's in the box? I think it I depends know. on the drink oh, the soft that drink. you get. Also, they don't have. Uh, I forget. You know how uh, certain fast food restaurants have partnerships, like we only accept American Express, except at soft drinks. Right. Uh, they are a PepsiCo. Uh, company so I asked for a Diet Coke because I didn't know if you could ask for water through the drive-thru uh, and they're like no it's, and it's one of those things where they do the resign thing is Pepsi okay and and the answer is no but you can't say that
0: yeah no they um, yeah they're definitely PepsiCo because they're famous for having exclusive flavors of Mountain Dew that you can't you get MT anywhere else mm, yeah, well I'm not cool enough to call it that but I guess you are
1: I think legally you're required to otherwise the, the PepsiCo like uh the Balt disney company is very litigious
0: Yeah, that's only in uh that's only in oregon it's it, the gas pumping things actually related to it it's
1: it's complicated wait what keep up carlos i miss i lost, I lost some <laughs> so real quick on this on this cravings box because whenever you buy some whenever you buy a food item you you want it to be specified that it's just a box of shit like where it's just it's a box uh it, it came with a chalupa supreme which was fine a crunchy taco which is very bad. It's it's all very bad. And I don't know on this product page why there's just like a salt thing. Oh, if you hover over it, the alt text in Chrome says high sodium. I don't think they have anything that's low sodium. Yeah. <laughs> is that just permanent on there? Just,
0: <laughs> just every everything on there, yeah. It's actually their new logo. Uh, kind of. <laughs> um so this, can I just I'm I'm not I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm just, this is just more of a general statement. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. This seems like an obscene amount of food to me. Are the are the are the food items small? No, but also, like Jesus, this seems like a lot.
1: Well, but here's the thing: I are you a fan of Chipotle? I am. Yeah, I'm not. Like just because Chipotle gets this other than the whole uh, food poisoning thing they had going for a couple of years, which was I, I will admit a bad product strategy. I don't know. I'm just—I'm not an expert here.
0: Well, you're—you're—you're you you're anti food poisoning.
1: I am. Chipotle wasn't for a little bit, but um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's true. Um, but I—I—I I, 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 as a capitalist, mad respect to them for uh, figuring out a way through it and not getting um, their lunch eaten by Qdoba, which is not a California company, but apparently is like a better Chipotle outside the. Um, what was that? Uh, outside California, anyway, but like Chipotle is not healthy, and I think some people kind of vaguely think it is.
0: Oh well, th- those people are those people are crazy.
1: The food is maybe slightly less artificial, but Chipotle is really bad for you. Oh and yeah. also if you ever get the the one thing I do like there, but I haven't, I don't like, I try to avoid almost all fast food, but Chipotle has those little lime chips. Yeah, but then if you look at the because i is it the state of California that legislates that you have to have the calories on the board? Maybe it seems like a very New Yorky Michael Bloomberg New York City thing, but yeah, like it's an extra six hundred calories to get those chips, and then you tackle it on top of your burrito bowl or whatever, and it's, it's just it's like three thousand calories of sadness. Yeah, yeah. Especially when in Santa Fe, where there's a, a Trader Joe's right next to it, and you—that's a much wiser choice.
0: I bet they have the the big salt logo too.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they do. So anyway, that that was that was the point. So. Yeah, is 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 it wasn't as disgusting as I thought it might be, but it was, it was still not great.
0: Yeah, how'd you how'd you feel after that?
1: I mean, it's fine. Like, I don't think it's inedible. Like, in all the dumb jokes people make about Taco Bell, like, I don't think any of that's true. But I just, I, I, I don't know. Fast food's always bad, and it's just you, you feel you feel bad about yourself. After mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, I think that's mostly it. So do you want to, we won't talk about it this week because we already, we get, we've gotten mad like on three out of the last five shows, but Apple Card is now in wide release. Sorry, we moved on to follow up. (laughs) Uh, Apple Card is now available for anybody who wants it in the U.S. Actually, is it a U.S. only product right now or is there a semi worldwide release?
0: No, I think it's just U.S. only now.
1: So you can uh, um, sign up right in the uh, wallet app. Uh, you, you just act like you're adding another card and then there's a built-in consumer credit application in there. Um, but the only reason we're talking about this and you hopefully have the link handy because we don't have a doc this week, which what is my fault? Um, the Apple has, uh, created what is the, um, best or dumbest, um, knowledge base or support article that has ever existed and apple's had a lot of really dumb ones i will also put in the show notes for you the one where they show you what angle you need to use compressed air so that your butterfly keyboard is less likely to break like that's <laughs> that's a hall of famer for me um because i've had to do that a lot and i still have my crunchy number keys or my arrow keys but there is a new one um which is Apple support page, HT two one zero three nine nine titled how to clean your Apple card, which if you were somebody who had, like, if you were John Maltz and this is crazy Apple rumors and you, you had your nice, uh, your fun parody site, like this is what you would write where you are to clean your titanium Apple card, um, by gently wiping it with a soft, slightly damp and lintfully lint free microfiber cloth um and you are apparently not allowed or not advised to store your apple card in a wallet um that is made out of what are the banned materials
0: uh well leather is one of them which is the most ridiculous
1: some fabrics like leather and denim uh might cause permanent discoloration that will not wash off um you are apparently not to put your Apple card in a pocket or bag that includes loose change keys or other potentially abrasive products. Cause again, it has iPhone seven syndrome where it's going to have micro micro abrasions and you won't be able to, who even knows? This is just such an upsetting product. Like I know it's, it's, it's super inconsequential, but the Apple card is dumb and this whole thing is dumb. And I just, you know,
0: I was going to get, or I, I have a leather wallet. It's one that you recommended.
1: Are you still on the Bellroy?
0: Yeah. And I wear jeans probably five to six days a week. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that might be a little bit of a problem.
1: Well, I mean, but generally you're not going to keep your card. Well, one the, the I can't Apple just not do this. Like a, a, a card that is white, sure. Like everything Apple makes, it it probably discolors. Like I think you smartly made the uh the link between. You remember when we were going to college in like the in the late 2000s? There was the white plastic MacBook.
0: Oh yeah, that was like the default Mac laptop for college students. Because I mean, you weren't gonna you weren't gonna pay the extra what was it hundred bucks to get the it was black an extra two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's, well, that's one. Crazy. It was
1: it was extra money, and also only the high end configurations ended up being in black. Hmm. Um, yeah, so the the white one had both an issue with the wrist rest wrist rests discoloring and becoming just like kind of like brown um and kind of gross after like just skin oils uh touching it for like months on end so it ended up discoloring and then also the plastic would like chip away and it would just it just was kind of gross after a while but yeah that that was a good that was a good uh good callback but like just who cares like i i know this is something like no regular person will ever see this article and think it's dumb and this is only something that makes like um the T word circles laugh, but it's just, it's silly. I don't know. Like this what this isn't a product that should exist just because Apple shouldn't be trying to skim money off the top of every financial transaction, but like this, whatever.
0: And so I I admit that with all the Apple card stuff, I've only been kind of half paying attention to all the, the details just because I, I really don't have a ton of interest. So the thing that I missed until this became a story today was that the card is white. I guess I always assumed that given that Apple stressed that it was made of titanium, that it was some kind of maybe like brushed metal finish.
1: No, the whole dumb thing was that they they did a product introduction video kind of like the trash can Mac Pro where like there's lasers and stuff and they're like, oh yeah, laser, your name is laser etched into it and it, and it has no numbers on it and it's, and it's futuristic and cool. And like it's, it's not and it's just a white card that it, discolors like i had i used to be with a bank called simple uh, the, they also had just like a plain white card it was not made out of titanium it was made out of very sustainable plastics but um like yeah it discolored over time a little bit and nobody cares cuz it's a credit card and it doesn't matter it's going to get eaten by a a, a, a the fifth and mission garage machine and that's <laughs> it, that's that's the
0: fate of your card
1: it doesn't matter
0: see to me this it seems like if you were to hand somebody this card like I'm looking at the image at the top of this, just incredibly dumb support article. That's that's going to be in the notes here. Mm-hmm. Like I would think it was like a fake credit card. Like I, if somebody were to hand that to me, I would be like, "Like what is this?" Like there's no Mastercard or Visa logo on it. It's not an Amex. It's got an Apple logo. Like did you like did you just hand me your like Apple employee badge? Like it seems very strange
1: doesn't it have this weird maybe it's just on the back but they have this new like uh latest generation mastercard logo where it's just two circles
0: so i see that but if you were just to look at the front of the card like again to me it looks more like an apple gift card or an employee badge than it does a credit
1: card yeah so and I I I DM'd the link to you, but apparently to properly clean your um, defective laptop, you're supposed to hold your computer at a 75 degree angle. That's that's critical. 80 is too much.
0: Yeah. Good luck holding a 15 inch MacBook Pro at a 75 degree angle for any length of
1: time. Well, we've we've covered how I hold my laptop with two fingers like Kanye West, so and <laughs> I, I, I have that strength.
0: Uh, yeah, you and uh, you and Ben Affleck
1: uh no i thought i thought it was iron man or i thought it was uh chris hemsworth
0: is he a person you made a similar joke i think last time we talked about this article you got you, you got to refresh your material
1: they're all the same but chris Hemsworth is the handsome guy yeah, he, why am i thinking of he being like ben isn't ben affleck like 50 god he, yeah, he probably is how old's the, that one guy
0: oh him 42
1: no, who, who's the guy? I've never actually watched one of them, but they seem like terrible movies, but they might kind of like, uh, um, the one where the guy's daughter is kidnapped, but they've made the movie like three times. Taken. Yeah. Who's
0: he? Uh, um, is it Liam Neeson? Right. Is that right?
1: Why is Google not telling me this? Google always has the little box so that you yeah, don't Liam, click anything.
0: Yeah, Liam, Liam, Liam
1: Neeson. Yeah. How old he? 67 jesus he looks good anyway uh what are we talking about is this is this a segue into something no i'm just very impressed he's 67 years old and i'm and i look worse than i'm 30 <laughs> <Yeah>. one <laughs> sorry the one's important i've yeah man i've, I've done that a few times too <laughs> uh i the last thing about travel is I just, I realized, all uh, right, every time I, I book an Airbnb, I always get forget, forget that I have not updated my profile picture since um, I moved up here. So it's still a picture of me from 2010. And I don't want to change it because I don't want to look old. <laughs> it's a picture of me from that uh, that GDGT event where I, where I met Veronica Belmont once. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like a, yeah. Picture, I, it is, also, a good picture. It is. That is good photo. But <laughs> also, uh, that's when I was uh, nine years younger. Mm-hmm. So much wiser. Anyway, um, okay. Was there any more follow up? I think there was one last thing.
0: Um, but did you want to do the Apple TV thing or?
1: Oh yeah, that well, two things here. So this none of this matters like these are topics we've discussed to death, and there's not actually any concrete evidence. But there's two things that um, two uh, rumors that had some like the the sources of the rumors make people like it's it's credible. That's, that's what I'm looking for. So Apple, uh, Apple Arcade is allegedly, I think it was a Guillerme Rambo of nine to five Mac that got that one. The, um, the screenshots of the, the beta testing. Somebody had a a read on how much Apple Arcade was going to cost. And I'm pretty sure it was him.
0: Oh, I thought the thing that I saw about Apple Arcade this week was there, there were some pictures going around of, um, some people who were testing it. So like of the UI and stuff.
1: No, so I'll send you whoops, gosh gosh damn it, that's the one or that's the one I already sent you. Thank you, Slack, for showing that I duplicately send sent that link. Thank you. Uh no, so it is Gear May Rambo, uh where Apple uh, Apple Arcade is allegedly only gonna be five dollars a month, which I honestly thought fifteen. So I don't know if they're trying to Disney plus this and, and and slow play it. But that seems pretty like I wouldn't sign up because I don't like games, but that's a pretty compelling price.
0: It's so funny how It's like every one of other of Apple's services that they announced at that event earlier this year just seem awful and overpriced, which we're about to get to with Apple TV Plus. And the
1: one that's going to be good is super cheap.
0: Yeah, but it's like Apple Arcade is just like nailing everything. Like, like as a product, it seems really compelling. It's going to be priced super competitively. Like everything about it just seems awesome, (laughs) which is just it's so strange to see that in. The midst of just every one of other of, of Apple's mediocre at best services,
1: and then with the TV thing, there there I forget who is the source on this one, but that the TV product is very likely to one be a paid product, which was kind of um, still up in the air for a bit, and uh, that it's gonna be ten dollars a month. And there's been a lot of piling on on this one, and and this is where I maybe push back on some of the uh, popular wisdom that people think I would probably be aligned with, which is. Like I'm, I'm of the opinion that Apple shouldn't be doing this at all, and that it's dumb for that reason. But now that they're actually doing it, like I don't think they should be. Like, what is, is Apple ever going to make a service that's like four dollars a month? No. So I, I don't get the complaints that ten dollars a month is a lot. I, I agree that Apple shouldn't be doing this at all, and it's a distraction, and it's ultimately going to be uh, a loser of money. But whatever, if people want to pay ten dollars a month for it, like that's fine. It doesn't have any back catalog. It's going to be a decidedly worse investment of your streaming dollars uh, than any other service. But like, how much? Do, what what price would be okay? Like, do people just expect this to be free? Like, I, I if it's not ten dollars a month, what 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 should it cost?
0: So I, I largely agree with you. I was being a little snarky about pricing a, a moment ago. I I actually do really want. Good content to be rewarded. I mean, I I don't know if Apple's content's good yet, but let us say that it is. Like I I want people to put their dollars behind good con good content, and good content should cost you know a decent amount of money. But I guess the the point that I would make here is Apple just seems so screwed <laughs> with with Apple TV Plus. Because they don't have and really never have any chance of having a back catalog like Netflix or now like a Hulu or an HBO Max Plus or whatever that thing is called. Um, And then they're never going to be able to price it at like a Disney Plus level where, you know, Disney kind of has the weight in the content space where they can sort of have it be a loss leader for a while. And with their, you know, kind of unique content, they can get people in and then slowly raise the price. Like Apple is not going to be able to do that with their catalog. But to, but to your point, I like, I, I don't know what they do because like, I don't think $10 a month is ridiculous either, but Given the environment they're launching into, it kind of is. But but like, like what's what what, the what price? Yeah, it's like if if they do a
1: seven dollar a month, like that's not cheaper enough. Like if you're going to sign up, like who who is that three dollars a month stopping? And at, at like what at three dollars a month is that even worth doing? At that point, it might as well just be free.
0: Well, that's that's the that that would be where I'm going with this next too. Is it kind of seems like the only compelling answer for at least some period of time probably not permanently but for the first year call it like this just basi- it basically just needs to be free with like apple music or if if you subscribe to any one of apple's standalone services you get apple tv plus for free but at that point it's like what's even what's apple doing like why because I mean, they're all about the incremental services revenue so it it doesn't fit into that narrative and you know the the stories are that they've now spent like six billion dollars on this thing, so like if you're gonna bundle it in for free with Apple Music, which I think also loses money at ten dollars a month, like I'm not sure what the end game is there, but they're
1: using all that money they're skimming off of Spotify subscriptions to subsidize that one. Mm. It's good to be the gatekeeper uh so yeah anyway i mean that's it's fine like i'm not i i'm incredibly pessimistic about uh or or negative about apple tv plus but also whenever people pile on about it yeah i just i don't necessarily get it
0: yeah pay 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 for content
1: they've already chosen to do what they're doing so at that point they might as well just like put their whole the whole weight of the company or whole ass whatever whatever terminology you prefer um yeah so was that all the dumb apple news for the week I think so. I think those were the, the the two big topics. Um, and was there anything? There were a couple. Oh, yeah. So this is related. So Disney Plus, um, they re- they released the list of devices that they will be supporting at launch in terms of uh, first party apps. So they're going to be supporting Chromecast, Roku, Apple TV, the Apple family of devices, uh, Microsoft Xbox One. It will only work on the One S, not uh, any of the other models and then the playstation 4 and i'm joking about the xbox thing because i have no idea what any of the models do <laughs> uh on this week's atp i did like that i totally forgot about and, and you brought this to my attention that they had a version called the uh 1S all digital which is, is a reminder of that's the worst name ever
0: this week's atp was basically like the last two video game topics that we've had on our show but like a thousand times better because Syrac- syracuse is the best
1: I think I I, I I no I think I, I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain or I'm, I'm going to say that I, I did a as equally great a job. Okay, <laughs> uh, but no, I think I think we're saying a lot of the same stuff. Where I like because I've always been pessimistic that this is going to be the the last console generation and nobody's going to care. But then we, we've talked about the fact that the um, PlayStation has sold 100 million units and somehow it's still an industry. Oh well, well I will admit that uh, again. Follow out. That's the one we we're talking about. Other people's podcasts uh, Syracuse, sorry, Syracusa made a, um, he made the point much better than I have in the past of why console gaming is so much better than PC gaming, even though some people will dispute that is that once, you know, like the performance level of a console, like you, everybody's on the same playing field. So you can try as hard as you can to optimize for those, um, like processor constraints. And it's not like a thing where, you have to support like this wide range of pc hardware to and hope it is acceptable performance on everything right yeah but yeah so sorry what were, uh, <laughs> this was about disney plus so yeah so uh, notably absent on this is any of the amazon fire products um but yeah i i don't know do you think that's intentional
0: well i think like what we saw with um Apple and Amazon, clearly Amazon has a particular way they want to do things and particular terms they demand people agree to, and they seem to stick pretty firm to those, at least for some period of time. So I would imagine that Disney's run into something similar.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: I don't really have... Um, this is I, I'll admit that this is something I'm really out of touch with which is sort of like what people's choices are these days for streaming content.
1: Like the, the hardware that they run it on or the services they watch? The, the,
0: no, less, less so the services. That I feel like we are a little more plugged into. But the the actual devices, I'm not...
1: There's a lot of fire tea, like Because I don't know if you remember during Prime Day and last holiday season like Apple, what's the other one? Amazon has been so heavily subsidizing. um, Actually, I'm not sure if it's a subsidy, but they've been so aggressively um, discounting that streaming hardware, where routinely the Fire TV HDMI stick thing is like $25 really consistently whenever there's a big event. So I just, that's the thing where, like I know it. that's never going to be competitive, like the Apple TV is never going to be competitive with that type of thing. But like the getting like both the, what what's the tiny echo the echo dot yeah and the uh fire tv stick like amazon just gives those things away basically so i assume they're like the market penetration with that is really really high um i think like google like android based households probably like uh, uh the chromecasts up pretty well because like even the high-end chromecast like the chromecast ultra i think is only 70 or 80 dollars Like all of them are are very inexpensive, but I think I think Amazon just because they've just they discount so damn heavily, um, that that's the streaming product of choice for a ton of people.
0: Hmm. Yeah that all that all checks out.
1: Yeah, and TiVo not on the list. (laughs) Is TiVo going to be a going concern in a year and a half?
0: Haven't they been a going concern for a long time?
1: I use I think I'm going to. I might cancel my TiVo. Like, I don't think I would cancel cable because I still occasionally use the Xfinity Stream app. But I so rarely switch to HDMI one.
0: Yeah, but what if you if you canceled your TiVo and and stopped using that as your DVR? Like what? And you but you stay subscribed to cable. Like what are you going to use for a cable box?
1: My my iPad that gets three minutes of use a week. Like I I don't know. Like because I don't. I, I don't watch the Giants much anymore. Honestly, like uh, 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 the only times I ever use my TiVo is to watch Better Call Saul because AMC doesn't have a, um Apple TV app or one that doesn't have commercials. And like whenever a sports team I care about is in the playoffs, like I use TV so rarely now. I don't know.
0: It just seems like those con, it's been a little while since I've looked at one, but. At least as of a couple years ago, those Comcast X1 boxes were just hot garbage. So No,
1: they're actually pretty good. I just don't like the advertising that's built into them.
0: Mm. Have have they gotten faster? Because the experience I had was that they were, even compared to a TiVo, they were dreadfully slow. And
1: you're sure it was an X1 box and not just the old crappy Scientific Atlanta, like, Comcast boxes used to be similar to like the ones from Cox Communication. Yeah, no, no,
0: no. It, it was one of the new X1 boxes.
1: Yeah, so... I mean, I don't know. Um, like, you missed the golden age where back when TiVo was in its heyday, TiVo used to have a bunch of advertising built into it on top of the subscription fee that you used to have to pay.
0: Can they just not get
1: advertisers to buy that space anymore? God, no. No, it used to be... Like, whenever there was a big movie... Like, back when like there was the Series 2 TiVo out, and like that was like when tivo was a verb and people like it was like tivo was hot shit and everybody everybody knew where alviso california was like they they could uh, command a high price for because on because the thing the ads showed up on the um the main like the tivo showcase home section where it was like my shows the season pass manager and there was like a, a marquee ad for something it was a weird time that's back when you had to use a dial-up modem to update your guide info <laughs> i am so i am definitely 31 okay one last thing about apple card that i'm scrolling back in our podcast ideas thing that we totally forgot to talk about uh they're teaming up with the cactus you can get three percent cash back on uber and uber eats if you use your apple card great apple pay vp jennifer bailey is thrilled uh, about interest in Apple Card and their partnership with um, the Uber family of companies.
0: What, what what brand would you rather be associated with than Uber and Goldman Sachs?
1: I was going to say, okay, you beat me. Right. I wasn't <laughs> sure if you could include Goldman in that. Yeah, I don't know. M- uh, Monsanto? Can you, can you put Halliburton? Okay, is there a way to have Halliburton kill some baby seals? <laughs> well, Yeah, that's the that's thing where um, the Apple Card is made of dead seals. Uh... uh <laughs> And lastly, uh, Tim Cook had dinner with Donald Trump. Yeah, last week. Uh, they're going to lose their edge in their forty uh, percent margins to Samsung if uh, they're not able to be exempted from tariffs. There was wasn't
0: there a quote going around today that um, Trump was saying something like the reason why he likes Tim Cook so much is because he'll, whenever something's on his mind, he'll give him a call.
1: Oh it's no! That's
0: just, just yeah. That's bad. Wait,
1: which which direction
0: that that Cook would call Trump?
1: Oh, I wish you hadn't said that.
0: No. Uh. I mean, well, I mean, who knows if that's true? But, um, I mean, it's I'm I'm conflicted about it because well, no, because
1: the thing is, it's it's the responsibility to see. Like, you can't not. Inc- <sighs> yeah. No. I, I don't. I
0: mean, like. Yeah. No. Cooks. You know. Cooks. Public statements have been. Listen. Like we don't agree with everything he does. Although we we love those tax cuts, keep those coming. Um, but you know, the, the right thing to do here is not to disengage, which I, I think I agree with. I think engaging is a
1: good thing, but I think we're 18 months past that. Yeah. Right. Like I, th- I think, um, the trying to buy Greenland, um, and the kids in cage. So I think eventually, and, and the, the both sides, um, I think eventually there's a point where, uh, No? Right. Okay. Um, And then last couple things before we get to the main thing. Uh, Target has a new creepy feature in their iOS app that says they've been tracking everything you've ever bought. That's great. Even though you never give any idea, like there's no like Safeway club card or something that you give when you go to Target. They just manage to track it all by credit card number and that's not great.
0: So this is if you have like a credit card number saved on your Target account?
1: I have no idea like i all i use is apple pay and in like one specific credit card and i don't like i have a target account but i've never used it at the store in any way and yeah everything and i think the screenshot i show or that i sent you has uh <laughs> images of spindrift uh all over the place and that's very on brand <laughs> uh and then uh yeah mayo chop and crunch yeah i think that's it's been a week
0: yeah um it's funny when you sent me that picture of all the crazy Heinz flavors. The reason I had known about them was because they had been advertising on Bill Simmons's podcast, and specifically advertising for those new flavors. And I have to admit, I'm—I no, I, would—I would try that's them. It. I'm not saying I would like them, but I would try them because I've—I've been known to mix dipping sauces. It's not the craziest idea.
1: But like you get yourself a nice aioli, that's that's very good. But you, you you if you have your ranch dressing or any ranch derivatives, um, or like your ranch um like CDOs, like you the, the it's 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 bad. And you might as well just leave mayonnaise outside in the sun. <laughs> you go to Costco, you go to the Irvine Costco, and you get yourself a one and a half gallon thing of mayonnaise, and you just leave it out in the, in the, <laughs> the parking lot. You go to Boomers for a bit and you ride some go-karts and then you come back and you have ranch. Mayo must. All right. Um, you know, it's, it's funny
0: um, that you bring up Boomers. So the, the lady it friend and I- used to be called Palace I, Park. You, right. Mm-hmm. Cla-
1: clarification for longtime Orange County people.
0: Right. We were down there a couple of months ago, uh, visiting family, and we were driving past Boomers. And I go, oh, that's where we had our high school grad night. <laughs> She's kind of like she looks over, goes, "Oh, hmm." I'm like, "Yep, that's that that's exactly the right reaction."
1: The cool thing is, um, somebody I knew who is who was in the Chicago area. Their grad night at one of the like the city the city high schools is they go to the shed aquarium for the grad night, and that seems awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, uh, related Chicago land area follow up. Uh, sporty looks like a goth dog when he's wearing his black t-shirt that's very fun it's pretty good he's a good dog um and then that's pretty much it did you have anything to say about the athletic or i think that's the last thing we have before yeah
0: yeah um the only thing that i would bring up is so they they've been touting their um subscriber numbers recently because they've they've been fairly impressive flex and (laughs) right um and the article that we'll put in the notes um focuses on the fact that people love to hate on the athletic which like i'm not i'm i'm not you know this isn't a bit or anything like i legitimately was not aware that that was like a thing like are you like can you explain this to me at all like why do people no. hate the athletic I'm the... <laughs>
1: if you want to go get uh uh Ben Thompson on the horn like i am 1 million percent the wrong person to be asking about this like
0: is 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 just literally people just think that paying for sports news is dumb
1: maybe hold on it, who does lindsay yeah no so i mean th- there's like um a number of sports journalists i follow on twitter like lindsay adler who um covers a lot of east coast baseball she moved over to the athletic and isn't that wasn't there a big name uh, guy from the Chronicle or like one of the local TV stations that now does Bay Area Sports for the Athletic? Sounds right. Like I I don't think anybody hates him, but yeah, I mean, maybe people like you know how much people like people don't want to pay for iCloud storage space they for damn sure don't want to pay for journalism. <laughs> like I I I I don't know. Yeah, but I but I mean I like I'm somebody who's willing to pay for for news and, and and media content, but I I'm still on the fence about The Athletic because I just I don't know if I would derive enough value from it. So maybe people that's why people think it's not um that worthwhile, I don't know. Because like The Athletic is is true journalism. Like it's not like a Bleacher Report thing where and I and I do for the like I actually think, like the Bleacher Report app a lot, but it's much more into the um conversation and kind of the ESPN style, like let's aggregate tweets and show them, uh, share the most viral stuff where the athletic is actually doing fairly like in the weeds on the ground reporting. And that's kind of their claim to fame, which is actually good.
0: Yeah. But it's also, you know, it's not, Hey, the, the score to the game last night was eight to five. Like it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like
1: player movements and and like more like long-term, like close following fan stuff.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, you know, Oh, you know, this player signed for such and such you know, such and such and free agency speculation and all that. Like it it's it's right. It's it's more like think pieces is, is not really the right phrase to use, I don't think, with sports, but like you get you get the idea.
1: Like here's the direction of the team and here's why the batting orders change and like here's here's where the momentum is going. Like it's 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 much more, yeah. It's in by, inside baseball if it's about baseball.
0: Exactly. Like and I think what I brought up on the show before, like the reason I started subscribing is because Um, especially with hockey, just because it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't have the level of clout that like the NBA does. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard to find really good, um, hockey coverage and specifically like near your local team, like in our case, the Sharks coverage and like the stuff on NBC sports, like even though their TV broadcasts are, are excellent. It's like all the written content around it's not very good. And it's very just like, here are the boring sound bites after the game. And here's like the play-by-play, blah, blah, blah. But there's not really any good kind of deeper dive content. And that's The Athletic has um, a reporter who I think also used to work for NBC, Kevin Kurtz. And he, he covers the Sharks on The Athletic now. And he just writes a ton of really good stuff on there
1: yeah it's where like uh all of the comcast sports no what's it called nba sports bay area like all that kind of stuff and and even i think the the like I, i'm not a chronicle subscriber but um like a lot of that is a very uncritical eye and a lot of it is stuff that feels like it could be written like by an ai bot which is basically like here's who scored here to here's who did this where more of the in-depth reporting that's not specifically like just like trade rumors that's kind of what it seems like the athletic uh excels at exactly yeah, the only thing I, I will the last thing is that I will you I will use The Athletic as an example of something that I really dislike about um I know it's more of like just like a marketing like biz dev thing, but I hate websites that won't tell me how much it actually costs. Like I feel like I would be much more apt or uh, likely to subscribe to The Athletic if they just said in the end it's $10 a month. Like I hate the thing where it's um like ten dollars for for your first year or something like that. Like, guys, I, I just want to know what it costs. Right. Same thing. Like, because we're like the Wall Street Journal. Like, most people just don't know. Oh yeah, it's forty five dollars a month after the, after the trial. And like, I don't, I don't want twenty issues for ninety nine cents. Like, I just want to know how. Like, just tell me how much it costs. Hmm. And I think well that and that I think when I asked you that would like you were like oh yeah no I'm still on my introductory rate I don't know how much it costs <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh anyway, okay, so that's that's uh everything. Apple cards scratched up now onto the main thing.
0: Yes, so we have a a big main topic this week so uh, i don't I don't recall if this has ever been an online online conversation, but it's it's definitely been an offline conversation that we've had where the i I knew that the next time that I would buy a fancy camera would wouldn't be until I was having a baby and well it's it's time to buy a fancy camera carlos
1: <laughs> oh, plot twist uh-huh <laughs> uh, it's like when they start the movie like 3 months in advance or or, or like you're you're just thrown into the middle of it <laughs> yeah that's uh, that that was, that was a pretty good setup congratulations thank you yeah very very excited um i'm going to try very hard to not make any 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 jokes so um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so super, super, super happy and proud of you. Um, you, uh, I think maybe we'll put it to a vote for the listeners of what the name's going to be.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the lady friend actually suggested that. So that, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. exactly what we're going to do. It'd be a, it's going to be a Twitter poll, which I'm not even gonna be able to see because I use Tweetbot
1: oh. oh, it's, it's a clicker poll. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the thing that Nate always talks about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, or we'll have, we'll have you gov and morning consult poll <laughs> <laughs> and, and see what they, um, yeah, uh any more info you want to share or is that as vague as you want to keep it?
0: Um let's we'll keep it vague there for now. We'll, we'll we'll share some more information um as the as the date gets closer. Um, um so
1: people who follow who I I assume 60% of our audience so uh, uh if we do the math, so 4 million of our listeners uh they're mostly interested that in a lot of the stuff that they like about the show is smart home stuff. So I right. assume one, this will, this will be an excuse for me to try to foist, um, photography as a hobby on you. But also I assume we will get very, very relevant smart home tech, uh, recommendations that coincide with, um, having a little kiddo.
0: Yeah. So I think that's probably how additional information about the baby will, co- will, you know, disseminate <laughs> through the show is, uh, yeah. Through my discussion of, um, smart, baby products of which i've i've started to get a little bit into still have a lot of a lot more research to do
1: when was the last time you went to one of those godforsaken beta stores it's been a while uh yeah last time i was there they had one where it was a it was controlled by an app but it was a crib that would rock your baby to sleep and it was controlled by an app Mm. it's very upsetting because they had a fake baby in it (laughs) Well it's actually it's probably better than having a real baby and making them sit in a store full of direct consumer products from companies that won't exist in two years. Yeah. But congratulations. Thank Super you. proud of you. Thank or, you. I mean, yeah. It's Yeah. it's gonna be an exciting time. It uh, is. It is. Branders will probably be very well, I'm I'm certainly he will be a very, very good older brother. I think so.
0: Yeah. He um it's gonna be a little bit of an adjustment for him, but I I think he'll I think he'll be excited.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, I think he he at the time he'll probably end up being like two years old when the time comes. Yeah, just about. Yeah, that's time to be an older brother. He's he's got a he's got a earnest keep. Yeah, exactly. All right, but what what for? What's the T word angle on this?
0: Yeah, so um, it's it's legitimately now time to buy a nice camera because you know, I, to be honest, like with vacations and with just you know day to day photos. The iPhone's gotten to a place, and we we've talked about this on the show, where the iPhone, at least for me, is perfectly fine for all of those purposes, and I'm fully aware that I'm not getting the you know high res benefit of uh, a nicer camera, and I'm not getting you know the ability to do you know, true Zoom with like a telephoto lens and, you know, I'm not shooting in Raw, et cetera, et cetera. Like I, I get all the the downsides to using an iPhone. But for me, an iPhone's been fine with photos, but I've always been of the mind that like with a with a kid, like you you only get, you know, one shot, right? So Well, you can you, have as many as you want. Um <laughs> uh, well, one one shot with each kid, we'll put it that Fair. way. Um you know and he, i to me like you know it's 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 really fun to look back on photos and videos of like either when you're a little kid or like when a family member's a little kid and so you know i want to be able to capture those moments in you know the highest quality that i can so that when you look back 10 20 years down the road i mean we'll you know Four k will somehow still seem like low resolution, but at least it will have been the best that we could do at the time um, so i I'm pretty set on buying a really nice standalone camera, and I have a lot of questions
1: so i'm hoping I'm hoping you can answer some of them so real quick, i'm going to double down on your idea uh or just to to do a pSA um taking photos is really really, really important. Uh, especially with like family memories and things like that. Cause like you just don't, Uh, when people like years ago, like one of of the things I really benefited from is that like my mom was a great records keeper. And there's so many moments in our family history that probably would have been lost over time. Had she not been somebody who in a very analog area uh, era had made a concerted effort to document those things, um, so yeah, I think it is the responsibility, especially since it's so easy for people to capture memories and organize them and back them up and do things like that. And I think um, getting a real camera is actually um, something that's very worthwhile for memories you actually want to cherish. Because I think when uh, having like just your iPhone that's always with you, um, it makes you a lot, a lot less deliberate Um, and careful with what you're shooting. And I just think that like for a first, for a parent or somebody who's really trying to capture memories, I think the experiment of learning photography and composition and all that kind of stuff is, um, really important. And of, of just when, when you get older and, and, and things in life change, it's going to, you'll be very, very happy to have high quality memories and eventually you'll stumble upon that in your old age and you'll, you'll be very proud.
0: Yeah. I think that's tremendously well said.
1: Yes, and that's why I have a picture of myself with a Walkman, in 1991.
0: <laughs> it's it's adorable, and your your outfit's incredible. Your hair's great. Everything about this photo is
1: tremendous. Yes. So, what are you thinking? I assume you I'm like. Well, don't you are you are you're already set? Don't you have that waterproof Olympus camera? That's
0: <laughs> all you need. So I I have um I have that set app- for the baptism. Right. <laughs> So the, 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 the waterproof, the waterproof angle, we're, we're covered there. Um, but so, okay. So I, I have some sort of broad questions, which I think will then sort of narrow us down into some more uh, specific questions. So the big thing that's changed, cause I've had, you know, fancy cameras in the past. I've had three different DSLR cameras over the years. And so the big thing that's changed since the last time that I got into a fancy camera is that mirrorless cameras are like a mainstream thing now. I I think the last time that I bought a DSLR, like mirrorless cameras were a thing, but they were like incredibly expensive, and there were a lot of trade-offs compared to DSLRs. But now, you know, they're they're you know, it's seemingly like where everything is going. So. My first question is basically just like, why, why a mirrorless camera? Like why, why have those seemingly taken over for DSLR cameras?
1: Because almost everything is better about it. So a lot of this, um, and, and I've talked in the past about, um, about, uh, I've gone through a couple of Sony cameras and this is in comparison to, uh, like the reigning, uh, market leaders of Canon and Nikon. So yeah, so mirrorless cameras have been around for like the past like five to eight years and they've gotten a lot more mature. And I think one of the reasons that it's, um, a much more commonplace thing now and that Sony is becoming one of the most like by volume and like dollars, uh, the largest camera companies is that mirrorless cameras include a ton of benefits that, um, other cameras don't. So, uh, a standard DSLR camera generally has to be larger because it actually has the like, um, flip down like the slr part of it like the flip down mirror um that allows you to see the image and then it's captured so that has room that it needs to move around and that and that makes that um create like overall like a larger camera uh so mirrorless cameras are better in that what you see is actually like a live preview based off of like the settings that you have like the iso and the um aperture and all that kind of stuff so you actually see what what you see on screen is much uh, much clearer approximation of the results that you're going to have um it gives benefits like silent shooting. So since there's not there doesn't necessarily actually need to be a moving um um like mirror prism thing, uh you can shoot entirely silently if you want, even though that does have some trade-offs, and even though Sony cameras are better at that, uh there's a lot of times when you actually wouldn't want to have that on. But I mean overall, yeah, mirrorless cameras allow you to have smaller cameras. Um it has made full frame uh, sensors that are closer to what, um, traditional like 35 millimeter film would have been. That's made the cost come down on that a lot. Um, it gives a lot of really cool, um, opportunities around like computational photography and really, really fast, like phase detect autofocus systems. It makes them much, much better for live view and video recording. So there's, there's a ton of reasons that mirrorless cameras have taken off, but I think it's mostly that, Sony was kind of the only company actually trying to do new things and Canon and Nikon were just trying to protect their old, um, DSLR lines. And that's why they are only now in the past year to year and a half introducing, um, competent mirrorless cameras.
0: So one of my next questions was going to be, okay, so mirrorless is the way to go, but why Sony? And I, I think you, you've answered that quite well there.
1: Yeah, so Sony is is way way better. Also, the fact that um Sony, so the assuming this is what you choose, you'll be looking at what's called the E mount uh, lens lineup, and because they've been doing this for a while, that is a much more mature system. Whereas the E, uh, the Canon EOS R line and the Nike, the Nike, the Nikon Nike getting into cameras. Uh, ever since they closed down the fuel band, I think maybe mm. why, why not? They, they, they need, they <laughs> if Apple has proven anything, you need to diversify your revenues. And I don't think Nike want to, wants to come out with a credit card. Um, yeah. So the Nike Z series, God damn, <laughs> the Nikon Z series and the Canon EOS R. like, there's very immature products that have like so some things they actually do very well, but a lot of them, like it's, it's their first generation and it's not good. And to use any legacy lenses from those systems, you need an adapter, which has a whole lot of trade-offs, makes the camera larger, and it's going to be several years before they can match kind of the lens lineup um, and choice that you have with Sony.
0: So what what is what exactly is the E-mount?
1: Uh, It's just like kind of the, with Canon, there used to be what's called the um, EF-S uh, Canon mount, like the lens mount. So it, that's just kind of how it attaches to the camera and there's little pins on it that allow it to have some communication between the lens and the camera body, which helps with image stabilization and things like that. So it, it, it's it's just the mount. So it's like in the same way that you wouldn't be able to um, buy like a 10-year-old Canon lens and s- slap it on a Sony, although you actually can if you buy uh, the Sigma MC-11 that allows you to use Canon lenses on a Sony. But that is one other advantage where Sony allows you to adapt lenses from other companies very easily and you still get... The benefits of in-body stabilization of that lens
0: so so e-mount the way to think about that is that's basically just like sony's lens system
1: yes although you can you can get lenses made by other companies like sigma and uh, tamron and a few others
0: that are that have an e-mount on them exactly but then you can also buy adapters that will basically convert e-mount to like efs or whatever correct Hmm. okay uh, but it's but it's not true that with like Canon, Canon does not offer similar adapters where you can convert an EFS mount to an E mount.
1: You can, so that's the whole point. Where uh, again, I like there's a lot of reasons to not like the EOS R line, but both uh, Nikon and Canon were very deliberate to like because they have a thirty year legacy of lenses, so they wanted to make a way for those to be adaptable to their new format going forward. But there's a lot of reasons why, like it, the, the the cameras just aren't cheaper. And almost everything about it is fairly immature. So there's not really a reason to go with any other system but Sony at the moment, unless you just have so much old Canon glass. But at that point, you could adapt that to Sony. So it doesn't really matter. Exactly.
0: Okay. So I think that that makes a ton of sense and brings us to kind of the next set of questions that I had. And you actually sent me the same link that I had had open, which is basically just like Sony's uh, camera page.
1: I like where it says DSLR, uh, DSLR like cameras. <laughs> right. so they're not confident enough in saying what mirrorless means, but that's all right.
0: Well, I mean, and in their, in their defense, I mean, it's probably catered to people like me who are maybe looking at these for the first time in a while and either don't have any experience with these fancy cameras or like with me, whose only experience is kind of pre mirrorless. So like what, like, what are these things? Cause I mean, honestly, like without the context, like someone like you's providing, like a mirrorless camera looks like a point and shoot camera, which you know it obviously they're not. But like back, you know, in the years where I was buying DSLR cameras, like point and shoots were like the clear inferior standalone camera. And if you were a true like professional photographer, or if you just wanted to have a nicer camera, you got a DSLR, not a point and shoot. So Very fair, yeah. Mirrorless cameras kind of look like that. Um. So.
1: So I'm on the Sony page and before we start talking about like specific models and stuff. So there's two things here. So there's two different lines you would choose from. So you either have the, um, the Sony alpha a seven series, which is their full frame 35 millimeter, um, sensor. And then you have the other ones like the a 6,400 and like, I think, I think it's the a 6,300 that, uh, John Syracuse has, even though he's, he's disappointed me a little bit on recent episodes talking about his cameras cuz he shoots in JPEG <laughs> and a lot of a lot of really upsetting things but those are what are called APS-C uh sensors which are much much smaller um so generally I think you should be looking at a full frame sensor because that gives you a lot of advantages like increased dynamic range better um depth of field separation and overall like it, for what you need you're going to be looking at one of the A7 series cameras or the A9 but I probably not the A9
0: so you've mentioned this a couple of times the whole full frame thing like i I see that a lot on the sony page and i've seen it some just looking at cameras in general like what does that mean
1: so like if you're looking at the sony page where like the top two items are my new camera the a7r4 that is not shipped yet and then compared to the a6400 like if you just look at that thing that looks like a kind of like an apple card like a a, a, like a, a multicolored just square or rectangle in the middle of the camera that is actually really like a good approximation of that. That is the light capturing image element in a camera where you can see that that one, um, you I know, mean, it's probably been a while since you've held like a 35 millimeter negative, but the full frame camera looks really, really, really similar in size to the capture area of an old, like 35 millimeter film where APS-C is much smaller. And again, that has kind of the, um, implications of different depth of field and, Because less light is being um captured by the sensor, that does kind of limit the dynamic range that you're able to get. And what dynamic range generally means is that if I were to take a picture in really low light or I or like if you just botch the picture or like it's a really, really sunny day out and everything's in deep shadows, uh like with a full frame camera, you are able to pull out a lot of um recovery elements and still get an incredibly usable picture, even though the actual photo looks bad. If that makes sense. Got it. Okay.
0: No, I. It, it's funny. I've I've looked at this page, you know, a dozen times recently, and I've I've actually never even pieced together the fact that you can literally just see in these product images that a full frame sensor is just it's physically larger, and like even a photo novice like me gets that. Hey, larger sensor, more light, um, better photos. Mm-hmm. So okay, so. I, I figured this is kind of where things were going with the A7 being the the line to look at. But then the question sort of becomes kind of which A7 to get because it there seems like there's got to be, what, six or
1: seven of them, something like that? So there's only four to choose from, really, because a lot of these, Sony is kind of like Apple in in, in the way that they just keep stuff around forever because they want to hit every market segment and price point. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like uh, Tim Cook keeping the iPhone Seven around because he's too cheap to make a or he he refuses to make a phone for modern times. So you're choosing the 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 camera you should buy is the A Seven Three, but the choices would be either the A Nine, the A Seven R Four, the A Seven R Three, or the A Seven Three. So wait,
0: so A A7 Seven and A Seven R is there a difference there?
1: The A Seven is there. Um, general like multi-purpose full-frame lineup the a7r series is the one that i have i have the a7r3 currently and the, the r means resolution kind of like the iphone like 6s uh, s stands for speed like the resolution is their high resolution sensors so on my current camera that's a 42 megapixel sensor and with my upcoming a7r4 that will be 61 megapixels the a 7 three which is kind of their standard like that is what most people should get camera is 24 megapixels which is fine.
0: And so so are you saying I should be looking at the A7 or the A7R series?
1: It is entirely up to you. Um again, I don't know what your um household CFO has told you of what budget you're allowed to have.
0: That's with the still on, still on negotiations.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, you mean just yeah, to just, just, just say I don't know. You you can only do this once. I it's, it's Got to make sure you have the best. Because um, also isn't that the thing where just when you have a new kid, you just kind of go nuts on buying like a, just so many things in advance of it, and then you, you eventually you're gonna throw out that you know you're gonna throw it all out because they outgrow everything in like four months. Not not the camera though. God no. no. <laughs> so I I would say go for the A seven three because I I I mean it's up to you if you have the budget for it and if, if it doesn't matter the A seven R is nice but for people shots I think the like twenty four megapixels is Plenty. Um and honestly, like the A7R4 that like I'm eventually get, like it has a lot of advantages to it, but the going from 42 to 61 megapixels is actually, I think, um a detriment because it's going to generate much larger file sizes that I don't actually need. Um so I would say the A73 is is fine because it does also have some benefits where because it's not pushing as many pixels, the autofocus system is actually better. I don't know if it's going to be better than the A7R4, but it's definitely um, considerably better than the A7R3. So you're so you're pitching the A7 specifically the a
0: 7 mm but you've had the A7R3 and are now getting the A7R4. Yeah. So so you're you're selling one thing here, but you're buying the other one. Why is that?
1: Because the stuff that's important to me is probably not important to you. Uh, like the ability to like take a, a really high res landscape photo, um, or like architectural photos, and crop those and do a whole bunch of um, uh, changes to, to to tweak the dynamic range of the photo. Like th- those are, I don't. That's not what you're going to be using it for. Like maybe, like I don't know if you if you take like a cool European vac- vacation or something, like you you might really like that. But in terms of like just photography of um, A tiny human like that i think that a lot of that is not um like it's not you wouldn't be mad about it but you you wouldn't benefit a lot from that and since like i like kids are wiggly and they move around a lot like you're gonna end up with thousands and thousands of photos every week and if every raw file that that thing is churning out is 45 megabytes um one the storage space implications of it but also the fact that lightroom um is uh, a dog of an application at times, um, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I don't think you'd be mad about having the R. But um, if you were, like, if you, if you were to do the the higher resolution series, would you get the three or the four? Because if you do the four, that's a price delta of fifteen hundred dollars, which that could buy one or two very very nice lenses. Which will be the follow up conversation to this.
0: Yeah. So so using the yeah right. So using the A seven three as kind of the base here. It's yeah, fifteen hundred dollar jump then all the way up to the A7R
1: four.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and so the A seven three, this isn't yesterday's tech or anything. This is still this is still largely the same technology that's even in like the A7R four. Yes. Yeah. Same like type of sensor, just a kind of a lower resolution version.
1: Exactly. Like, I, I don't know if the a seven three has animal eye autofocus. I think that's maybe the one thing it doesn't have. Oh, it does. It's got a little brand on here. So if you, if you click on the a seven three, yeah, actually that might actually, they might have broken into your house. Um,
0: I think, yeah, I think I remember them reading that they, they issued like a firmware update that added that. I think maybe the a seven three is like the, the furthest down the line they went with that.
1: Yeah. But animal autofocus is, 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 is great. Um, where you don't accidentally get like uh the snout in focus instead of instead of uh, a dog's eyes. Yeah, I don't know. It's up to you. Like I don't I don't think you can go wrong either way, but I I would probably say um save the money and do that one and you'll also have uh smaller file sizes which is 24 megapixels is still plenty. Um otherwise I maybe mean, if you have the budget for it, why not go for the A7R4, but that's you're going to have just absolutely massive files and if you're just trying to just do um a shotgun approach and just get just the, so many photos that might become less fun over time.
0: I know that um, you have somewhat mixed feelings about the wire cutter, but
1: um, uh, what are they? I I think I hate red. One of their because um, they have the thing. Do you have a link to it where it's like, what camera should I buy? And it's not. Well, so I, I
0: I'm, I've actually just been specifically. They have a mirrorless article. So I've really just been honing in on that, um, and they they do recommend the A seven three. They I mean they recommend a couple of others as well, but the A seven three is is one of their recommendations.
1: Yeah, the X no the XT two isn't that a micro that is no it's a, a APS C so that's fine. Do not for the love of God do not get a micro four thirds camera. What is that? That that it is absolute dead end technology. It has a tiny like postage stamp size sensor and it, 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 it's, 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 it's basically dead. It's only Panasonic and Olympus that make them. Yeah. a seven three, it's, it's a solid camera, man. So
0: this, so the, what, what the wire cutter links to is a, um, like a $2,200 package. That's the a seven three with a 28 to 70 lens. Is that. Is that something to consider or would you, no. would you, would, you would just go body only and, and get something different?
1: So whenever you, uh, decide you're closer to making the purchase, like we'll, we'll, we'll plan like an afternoon and I'll just have you try out a bunch of my lenses. Mm. Um, cause the 2870 is, it's like for $200, it's a, it's a passable like kit lens. Uh, but I, I, I would spend more like if, if you're, if you're getting a blank check to possibly buy a $3,500 camera, get a $2,000 camera and some crate lenses. Right. um
0: It did, does the A seven three. Does it have USB C?
1: It does. Because uh, recent travel update, uh, I don't know why it's working differently now, but it looks like that anchor thing that I that I said was not powerful enough to have Lightroom like churning on and like getting a bunch of previews created. uh No, apparently I can charge my Apple Watch, my phone, my A seven R three camera, and the laptop, and it keeps up. Yeah, that's the nice thing where it's it is entirely USB C. So you don't have to have a separate battery charger. You can charge the battery inside the camera and use the same plug for high-speed charging and high-speed USB three data transfers. Yeah, that's really nice.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You're. Yeah. I, so. So really, like, is there anything else like between the? Because I, I I agree that I I probably wouldn't go all the way up to like the A seven R.
1: If you can find a way to convince me that I don't need two camera bodies, you can also probably pick up my A7R3 on the cheap. <laughs> um, yeah, the other thing is just that the A7 III does have a legitimately better um, autofocus system than the A7R3. Yeah. like the, the R4 will be much more, um, it'll be much closer, but the R3, the autofocus points only cover about 67% of the frame. So what that means is if like if if action or whatever you're trying to focus on or whatever's moving is towards the edge of the frame, it's less likely to track effectively. So I don't know.
0: So really, I it, mean, it, so it, is resolution literally the only difference between the A7R three and the A7 III?
1: And the lack of an anti-aliasing uh, filter, which means again for landscape shots and certain things. The image might be sharper, but no regular person would notice that. Mhm, yeah,
0: so really, it sounds like the a seven r is a better choice if you're primarily focused on landscape photos and other kind of um and like the, the like the type of photos that you take a lot, which you're excellent at, which is just kind of like the out and about kind of stuff,
1: like a lot of still photography, like if you, yeah. if you like in the same thing where like again i we haven't talked about the a nine. But if you were to want to do like sports photography, the A nine is a fantastic camera, but it's also forty five hundred dollars, and it has just the best autofocus system of any commercially available camera. But there are like there are compromises to that, right? So that's where the A seven three kind of makes the most sense, I think.
0: Yeah, so the A seven might be a better choice for um, people photography. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Huh? Okay. For like non studio people photography. Yeah. Right. Right yeah so yeah get, get your budget work together and see what you what, what you can swing um and then again do not lead with the price of the body uh also make sure you budget in um some yeah. good lenses
0: and so your 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 recommendation which makes a lot of sense to me is you know buy a body so that you still have some budget left for some good lenses like you you'd be in other words you'd be better off with a less expensive body and some really good lenses as opposed to getting a more expensive body but then kind of cheaping out on lenses
1: i think the american way is just to do everything (laughs) but um yeah uh what i would man sony has a lot of lenses uh what's the thing god i haven't
0: even um I haven't even really gone over to the the lenses tab here on this page yeah, where is the the second lens they list is thirteen thousand dollars?
1: Oh, the that doesn't count. No, I know. I, I know. What, but why? No, because they're just doing an order of release.
0: Anytime a lens is that like white or beige color, you know that that you, you can't can't get that.
1: Uh they, the the seventy to two hundred is not that expensive. Um, so the things you need to buy are, yeah, that one.
0: So you've sent over um you've sent over three three different lenses here. Is that what is that what I'm looking at?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's probably the, the um the top 3 to start with unless you do have to start scaling back the budget in which case there's some um whatever the wire cutter calls the uh like the the value pick or whatever. But
0: so these um so the like what's the right way to think of these lenses?
1: So the 85 millimeter is kind of so the third option that is your standard um, portrait lens. This is one of the optically best lenses Sony makes for the price. Like it is, it is really really good. Um, feels a little cheap, but most people wouldn't notice. Uh, so that's a good standard portrait lens, but for indoor use maybe not great. But hey, you got you got a big house. So um, but an apartment it would be tight. The 24 to 105 is a great uh, mid range zoom lens. It is like I call it the minivan of lenses. It is uh, appropriate and well suited for everything almost all the time. It's a tiny bit heavy, but it's 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 very very good. And then yeah, I don't know, the fifty five milliliters. It it it's 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 a solid tiny lens, and it's also very 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 light. So that 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 keeps it small.
0: So the the what's kind of the the big difference between the fifty five and the eighty five
1: uh 30 millimeters <laughs> sorry <Okay. laughs> um, no it's it's um yeah it's just how how tight of a shot you want indoors got it yeah and then if you can stretch the budget I, I i am currently in love with this lens but it's it's um it's a lot of money for a lens that you might not use that much
0: and what what do what is this for
1: uh it's great for like environmental portraits uh, and things like that. So it allows you to get really wide shots. And um, if you want to get a baby at play, that's probably a really good lens to get. But it's also, it's it's kind of costly for what it is. How many lenses do you have? Six and a half. I have six and one that is uh, currently on eBay. Got it. Yeah, because I'm cause I'm a I'm a huge fan of prime lenses. And I don't know, this this stuff keeps its value where if I have to eventually sell it, I'm not going to lose that much money. Right. Yeah, so you should do that. And then... Yeah, that'll be a fun project for you. And you also have to, you have to get practiced up before the baby comes. I know. Yeah, that, that's, that's the problem is where you need to. Uh, yeah, figure out how to use all of it first.
0: Yeah, no, that's. Um, I I think I think I'll be in a position to to buy probably within the next month. I would say, um, and that's yeah, that that's another appealing thing with like going the. A7 three or A7R3 route is like the A7R4 still kind of is just kind of a nebulous release
1: date, right? Uh no. It mine should arrive September 17th or something. Oh okay. Around iPhone time. Uh but it it'll probably be um low quantities for a while though.
0: Right. And you don't you don't think there's any sort of there wouldn't be any sort of situation where I'd I'd regret not having that additional resolution?
1: No like i mean i i really don't think so because when i when i think of what i'm cropping like yeah I, I don't really think so like other than like sometimes like where i mean maybe, maybe we'll find out tomorrow but like sometimes like when you're at like a performance or an event it is nice to have a really high res image to crop if you're far away or you don't have that luxury but i think the for the what you're going to be using it for that's really not going to be that much of an issue
0: no i think um that's probably been like one of the most helpful things talking this through with you is sort of thinking about it in terms of like what I'm using it for because I I guess when I when I was looking at this Sony page um, I mean I'm not even sure how I would have figured this out on my own um, but thinking about well okay this camera is good at these things and this is what you're using it for versus like well okay the r series is better for this type of photography but if you're not doing that type of photography then it doesn't make as much sense
1: yeah and if i get bored tomorrow i'll send you a couple of examples that would illustrate some stuff but i mean yeah i, I think the a7ii is probably entirely accurate and the, and the nice part about this is it literally every camera sony makes again it's the exact same mount so even if it turns out you're like no i actually would prefer some extra resolution you can sell the A seven three that you bought for two thousand dollars for sixteen hundred dollars and just buy the one you want. It is that, that that's the part where you're not really locked into anything.
0: Yeah, and you so you so you're keeping your A seven R for, Well, that's the one you're getting, and then you're keeping your A seven R three.
1: Maybe just because it would be nice to have a secondary body. Like, cause if I ever want to take a picture of like, if I'm trying to like, I remember one time I was thinking about doing like a fancy review of this camera, which, which is a, kind of probably a big waste of time and not necessary, but it'd be nice if for some reason the other camera was not working or was occupied where like the only other camera I have is an iPhone eight. And I don't understand why, but it feels like my iPhone is taking way worse photos than it used to.
0: So, um, I feel the same way. And what I discovered the other day is I, I noticed I was taking a few photos that came out kind of blurry. Mm hmm. And so i I flipped my phone over to look at the lens,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and my lens is scratched to hell, even though i'm you know I've got my phone in a case, and I'm careful with it, like it has scratches all over the place, so I'm like, oh well, that's probably why
1: yeah like i i mine is mostly is sometimes it's like greasy, like I don't know, like or like there's like schmutz on it, but um. Yeah, like it feels like so commonly my iPhone's is taking, it feels like it's taking way worse photos than the, like my iPhone 6S did. And it bums me out all the time where like, um, yeah, like I just took like two really similar photos, but like while I was traveling and one was with my iPhone 8 because sometimes I was like, I want something to share like to Instagram stories right now. And I took it with my real camera and it's like, it's not like it used to feel like it was a lot closer in, in terms of quality if you had ample light. And I don't know why, maybe like it's just the fact that I've had my iPhone 8 for 18 months that I'm just itching to replace it, but there's no phone to do that with or like, I don't know. It feels like my iPhone's way worse than it used to be. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so go get a blank check or uh, do like an RFP to get at least $5,000 <laughs> $5, and then um, yeah, go from there. it will be fun. Yeah, photography is 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 way more fun than what somebody would expect.
0: Yeah, I in college went through when I when I bought my first DSLR, I, I got really into Lightroom, really into this kind of the process, and really had a lot of fun with it. And you know, it as life got a little busier, it just was one of those hobbies that kind of fell through the cracks. And as iPhone cameras have gotten better, I just didn't feel the need to have a standalone camera. Um, and like you were explaining earlier, like one of the big drawbacks of DSLRs is just like how big they are and what a commitment they are to carry around. And that's much less the case with a mirrorless camera.
1: Yeah. And you finally lucked out where with the a seven three and a seven R three, Sony finally put a, a battery uh, of uh, the size that it needs to be where they used to have this old one where it it you'd have to change batteries like 3 times a day. It was really upsetting. And this one gets you a solid depending on what you're using like I don't know 5 to 800 shots on a single battery. And it charges over USB-C, so it all works out.
0: Yeah, so I was going to ask, so battery life is good and and this this has like the the dual um memory card slots as well.
1: Yep, so you can either do um like RAID 1. That's 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 the one where it just writes the same thing to both, right? Yeah you can kind of do that or you can do what I do where for like a faster uploading, you can have raw written to one specific card and JPEGs to the other. So that way, if you're moving photos to an iOS device, it's super snappy. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be good.
0: Well, this, 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 this has been helpful. Thank you. Lots, lots lots more to come, but I, I feel like I, I can actually look at this Sony page now and, and sort of have an idea of what I'm looking at.
1: Yeah. I'll send you a bill.
0: (laughs) Please, please defer the, um, the payment terms on that because cash is going to this camera.
1: <laughs> it's fine. I get paid in
0: dog pats. Oh, there you there you go.
1: Yeah. Uh. All right. Is that it for that stuff? I think so. Yeah. Okay. What do we have for chef specials?
0: Gosh, my my lady in a can's gone off like twice. I don't think after we edit, I don't know if you'll be able to hear that, but um, like mm. I can't even think of like what I've said that's even close to the trigger word, but um. Anyway, um <laughs> let me um I have to kind of peruse through my Amazon order history to to get a <laughs> to get a link for you on this one. But I, I I like I like this pick. It's not it's not gonna be super relevant to you. Um okay. which which will make sense here in a second. Okay, there, <laughs> there's the Amazon link.
1: I'm very curious now.
0: So our OLED TV that we bought, the LG um fifty five inch I forget what our model number is,
1: but whatever. It's C755EOLED. Five, five there you go.
0: Phenomenal TV. Love it. The one thing that's not super great about it is the stand that it comes with. It's not the best looking stand, which you can kind of look past. But more importantly, it causes the TV to sit really, really low on whatever table or whatever you have it on. Like literally the bottom of the TV is no more than like a few inches from um whatever base is on. And that's that becomes particularly a problem when you've got something like I do with the the Sony or not the Sony, Sony on the brain, uh Sonos Beam in front of the TV. Yeah, where any kind of sound bar like that is going to block the bottom part of the TV if you have, if you're just using that stock mount. So, well, we recently reconfigured our family room, which is where we've got that um, OLED TV, and it's as as kind of part of that process. I wanted to get a new mount for it, um, and I, I don't recall if I found this through the wire cutter. I don't think I did. I think this was through some other. Um, recommendation that I saw. Um, but this is a um a universal TV stand that's it's like 30 bucks on Amazon. I think I even got it actually on a sale price for a little bit less than that. Um and it it almost kind of works like a like a wall mount in a way, but instead of actually then mounting onto your wall, it just kind of sits on this adjustable base. And it's it's crazy adjustable with the the heights you can have your TV at. So you can really dial it in to exactly the right height and the great thing about it is that it's really easy to adjust height so like when i was setting mine up like it took me three tries to get the exact right height and it was super easy to to make those adjustments
1: what's the resistance like, like you know sometimes the stand will be either really really difficult or moves too easily seems pretty solid um
0: Like when the, the TV is pretty easy to take on and off, but like when it's on, you know, it, it, it's, it's not going anywhere.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: And it's got, it's got a good cable management system too. So the cables get kind of fished um, behind where the main column is that the mount connects to. So you can kind of route all your cables there. So when you're looking at the TV straight on, you really don't see any cables similar to how like when you wall mount the T V you can do kind of something similar. So so yeah, especially for the price. Um this thirty dollars, wow. Yeah. Um and I, I think I I think I got it maybe for like twenty or twenty five. Um so um really, really, really good purchase. I've been been really happy with it. Um yeah, I guess I got it for like twenty eight ninety nine it looks like. Um saved a dollar. Um <laughs> um um it's super super easy to set up too. like the the actual like build process was really simple um yeah everything about it really really nice
1: good nice all right let me send you a thing i've been sitting on this one for a little while but i think it's it's time um okay send you a file do you know uh, sometimes gruber and a few people will talk about this but uh do you know what studio neat is yes okay who are they
0: don't they, they just kind of make like sort of like random stuff and it's just it's just really nice like it's just really really high quality stuff
1: yeah they, they make weird high-end like designy stuff for nerds. yeah right like
0: exactly. they,
1: they make they they make like uh the glyph which is a thing where you can snap your iphone into a traditional tripod really easily and it's really well made um they made one of the first like kind of nice ipad styli and um uh, I think they also make something that's kind of, no, it's, it's, uh, who's the people that make, don't you have one of those fancy combo Apple watch, uh, and I- iPhone dock bedside charger things? I do. Mm-hmm. Who makes that?
0: Uh, I, I have, and this is, this actually might be a future, future chef special. Cause I actually bought this one fairly recently. I have a Belkin one currently,
1: hmm. but I
0: had a, Oh, um,
1: do you have that one? The one where, Ooh, hmm. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah,
0: I, it, I haven't had it long enough to make it a recommendation, but we'll, we'll revisit that in the next week or two. Okay.
1: So, but they make a lot of cool stuff. But one of the things that they make, they make stuff that's kind of like uh, around like cocktail culture. And they have a thing where you can make like fancy ice, which I'm not, I'm not into. Like, I, I'm not that fussy.
0: Oh, yeah. Don't they have a um, Gruber was talking about that, right? They have like the clear ice kit or something
1: yeah so this isn't what brought this up like i've I've had this app for a while but ever since um i've been trying to make more cocktails at home and 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 try to get into that thing um you know with with my bule uh whiskey and stuff like that right but um they have an app called highball uh that is a really 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 beautiful um well-designed application for iphones that's kind of meant to go along with that um Those, uh, like they have a simple syrup kit and that, uh, neat ice kit thing. So they have this app that they made and it's really cool. Like it's got a decent core list of cocktails, but it's also really easy to make your own. So again, the drink that I've been super into recently, which is a nice summer drink on hot, gross, humid days like today. Uh, yeah, I, I custom made or I didn't invent this recipe, but I input it into the thing on my own. It's got this really cool, um, thing where like I didn't draw that picture and that wasn't a, like a stock thing. You get to say like how much ice is in the drink. Is there salt on the rim? Like what is it? And you get to make these cool little recipe cards and you can share them on social media if you want to, or you can just kind of have your own little database of drink recipes. So I think it's a really cool app.
0: It's a phenomenal app icon as well.
1: It is. It's so dead simple and it's just, it's classy is the wrong word, but like it's, it's I don't know, it's, it, app icons are doing too much these days. Yeah. And this is very nice. Simple. Yeah. And also people get on the Paloma train. Although again, no spindrift on this one. I tried it. It it, it doesn't, it doesn't pan out.